Good morning. This is the One Love Breakfast live from Inner City, Bristol. Dobre rano. Good morning. Bonjour. Good morning. Kalmera. Bon matin. Subhachahe. Yore gel. Buongiorno. Ohayo gozaimasu. Salve. Good morning. Dobre. Buongiorno. Dobre utra. Dobre rano. Buenos dias. Good morning. Don't ciao TD. The One Love Breakfast is the people's choice. Breakfast. Right, you're going to have no backing music, no songs. Uh, we're just going to have the young man sat opposite me. Um, <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> That's already a lie. Hey! <laughs> That's, That's uh, Ofcom. <laughs> Paris Troy. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm really, really well. And I've been, you know, I've been looking forward to this. I have as well. I have as well. It's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure and lovely to be here. Oh, good. It really is. Now we're going to find out so much about you today because literally um, you're there. You're going to be excited. Exposed. We're gonna we're gonna talk about you, but uh, it, it, in a lovely way. Okay. We have a section uh, that's called Extraordinary People uh, that we run every so often, and we've had some amazing people like Roy Hackett, who founded Carnival. He's ninety years of age. Jasper wow. Thompson, who did the whole Help for Homelessing. We've yeah. had uh, uh, MPs in. We play no music. We just literally talk and find out about you. So welcome. I know I'm sure there will be quite a few new, uh, new listeners to BCFM saying, he's back on the radio. <laughs> and I've been looking at some of the social media where people have said, I'm switching off that station. I'm not listening anymore because you guys aren't on there. But we won't start there. Okay. Um, up okay. until... When did Heart Breakfast Show uh, uh, Bristol and, and, and the local one stop? So the local one uh, ended on the 31st of May. So okay. Friday the 31st of May was our very last show. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. And so they made some changes. And from the following Monday, bang, it was a brand new show. Sort it's a of national show. National show network sort of coming from London. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later yeah. if, if you want to. But I want to start yeah. at the beginning. So for me... Growing up, I mean, I've done this show, I think, for nearly seven years, seven or eight years, but I don't work every day, you know, and I remember back in the day, it was Bush, uh, Troy and Paulina, and then uh, uh, Ed, Troy and Paulina. That's right. Heart Breakfast, uh, a heritage brand, uh, a, a show that, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of people would tune into every single morning. Yeah. And for so many, no matter what show you listen to in the mornings, whether it used to be Moylesy on Radio 1 years back or whoever it was, yeah. it's part of our daily routine and, and very, very close to us. Yes, absolutely, um, yeah. So we'll talk about radio in a bit. I want to start from the beginning. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I can't w- promise this is going to be very exciting it for your listeners, very, Pat, I've it, got to say. It's going to be very, because <laughs> you, realise it or not, um, and possibly... Well, maybe with Ed, I don't know. Paulina's kind of like the, um, the kind of Miss Showbiz. So when she's out and about, kind of everyone knows, yeah. it's Paulina, yeah, everyone the knows. famous one. Everyone can hear her coming before she comes. Exactly. You know. And sometimes if she don't want to talk to you, she'll just <laughs> look the other way and walk. Whereas yeah. with, with you, so many people have not... I've not met one person that says, oh, that Troy, uh, he's horrible, that Paris oh, Troy, he's horrible. Oh, get out of here. No, 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 they, no, no, no. Yeah. You've always got time for people. You'll always smile. You'll always say hello, even if you don't know them. Oh, well, that's very kind um, of so, so you're pretty kind of cool and approachable in that way. So I want to know, yeah. where were you born? Uh, I don't need to know the year, <laughs> mm. but, but where were you born? And tell me, tell me about kind of early years for you. So I was born in Cyprus, mum Welsh. 
dad Greek Cypriot. Yeah. And uh, I was born in Nicosia, which is the capital. Yeah. And I spent the first 20 years of my life in Cyprus. So I did all my schooling there. I went to um, an international school in Cyprus. Both my parents were teachers, sports teachers, PE teachers, and they taught me as well, um, which was occasionally awkward. But yeah, I did all of my schooling there. And I did my national service. So I did my A-levels in, in Cyprus. Yeah. I did my compulsory national service um, in the army for two years between the ages of 18 and 20. And then when I was 20, I came to Bristol, Bristol Uni, to study. And I studied law. And the plan was always, once I studied and finished and graduated, to go back to Cyprus. Yeah. Maybe open a little beachside cafe and sell small bowls of olives and feta cheese, you know, and live the good life. Uh, but I ended up kind of falling in love with radio yeah. in, a, in a kind of a weird way, um, curveball way, never expected it. Okay. And Stop there. Yes. Because I want to know about life in Cyprus. Oh. So I, I've been, so my brother, uh, my eldest brother was uh, in, in the forces. So I was lucky enough to spend quite a bit of time uh, back and forth uh, in Cyprus. Yeah. And, and we even managed to travel across the border yeah. into Turkish Cyprus, reading all the signs and all the stuff that yeah, yeah. each side had, had accused each other of. And here in Bristol, uh, I've spent lots of time with kind of our Greek, Greek Cypriot uh, friends and family. So know a little bit. Yeah. And the first thing is, is that how was it for you growing up? So you were there till you were 20. Yeah. An international school. So not necessarily a typical, a typical upbringing of a, a, of a young Cypriot boy because you had Welsh mum. Yeah, I had Welsh mum. So it was a bi bilingual household um, and mum spoke um, English to me in the house. Dad spoke Greek. So I was lucky enough to um, learn both languages fluently. Uh, but yeah, I did go to a, an international school, but there were, there were Cypriots there as well and Greeks um, who I spoke Greek to. And there were people um, from Europe and there were English people as well. All the kids that I grew up with in my neighborhood, all the kids that I go yeah. out and play in the street with, they were all Greek and Cypriot. Um, so I had a really kind of privileged, lucky upbringing in the sense yeah. that I had a little bit best of both worlds. Sure. And I remember growing up, even food-wise, you know, I'd, I'd sort of have a go out with my dad and we maybe have a, a souvlaki and a kebab, you know, a typical yeah. sort of... Re and then I'd go home on a Sunday and my mum would be cooking like a shepherd's pie. Yeah. So I had that kind the of mix. weird mix yeah. of cultures. You know, that, you know that thing that people say, so, so um, you're saying sport and stuff, so Cyprus were playing. Uh, I'm not going to ask you who you'd support if Cyprus were playing Wales, <laughs> but if Cyprus <laughs> were playing England at the time, you know, maybe when you were 14 and 15 uh, in, in a sports scene, was it mixed for you? Um, I was, I'd always support Cyprus, so yeah. always Cyprus first um and then if wales were playing then it would be wales yeah and england would some weirdly i don't have any in technically i don't have any english blood in me right so i don't have any kind of affiliation to support in england when they yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's i mean you know you all when they go to a world cup or the world cup cricket that's on at the moment yeah you're always there but my sporting affiliations were always cyprus first and and, okay. and then wales right. um and because both parents both of my parents were really sporty and love their sport and still do sure. even in their mid-80s really that sporting kind of thing still goes tell on. tell me yeah. a little bit about mum and dad M yeah. maybe start with mum well mum um i mean I, th I think they're listening in now they're kind of uh, good morning tuning in good morning to my mum glennis yeah so my mum uh from newport in uh, in south wales yeah sort of you know big family three brothers three sisters 
and uh, her dad, my granddad, was sort of a big in the unions. Uh, he was sort of he was the mayor of Newport at one point as well. Oh, gosh. Um, and so, yeah, and she she grew up in Newport, had never left Newport before meeting my dad at teacher training college in Portsmouth. Okay. Um, and uh, she'd never left Newport. And she went over to Cyprus with my dad on the day that they got married in this country. She went over to Cyprus to be with my dad. Um, but yeah, my mum's uh, my mum's a, a, a PE teacher uh, and a, a sports coach, and uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, love my parents to bits. You know, love oh. the parents. I mean, most most important okay. people of the three or four most important people in the sure. world to me. Okay. Um, so that's my mum, yeah. basically, from Wales. And I, my, 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 I'm really, really proud of my Welsh heritage. I'm very close to it. Obviously, we're very close to Newport yeah. and Wales now. How, how, how patriotic uh, is mum? She's, she is. She let, when she was in Cyprus, she sort of lost her connections a little bit because right. she lived in Cyprus with my dad uh, from about 1955-ish or so. Um, and they've recently moved back to... Um, England about yeah. five six years ago. Okay. Um, so she kind of sort of lost her her Welsh connections a little bit um, when she was in Cyprus. Understandably so. Mm. Um, Does that make you though sometimes look back and see well, what's happening in Wales or or at home? So I know with the Brits abroad, the extra uh, patriotic celebrating St George's Day and stuff like that. Yeah. Not so much here. Yeah. Uh, how about Mum in Cyprus with, with kind of all things Welsh apart from maybe food and stuff? Well, there was there was the food, um, and she would always so there was there was the food. There was always St David's Day. She'd remind us it was St David's Day and about yeah. the daffs and the daffodils. And I remember her listening to Wales playing rugby on BBC World Service. So she'd listen to the radio commentary. Yeah. Um, and in Cyprus back then, that's pretty much what we got. We got Forces Radio, yeah. or we got BBC World Service. Right. So she'd uh, hear the live commentary um, on BBC World Service of, of rugby. Um, and there'd be occasional references to, like, you know, Welsh icons like Tom Jones, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. things like that. Um, but apart from that, I think because she was so far away from Wales, and bearing in mind back in the 50s, 60s, travel wasn't as it is now you mm. know cyprus was still this sort of quite exotic oh, yeah. place that people didn't really go to and people yeah. really didn't know where it was um and back then i think cyprus was considered a bit third world and mm. i remember my mum telling me that her mum and dad and her family were really worried about her going, going to live in cyprus yeah. you know did they have sort of running water and what was the what was it all like sure. there um yeah lots of ignorance about things things not yes. not english yes yeah yeah but oh, um, always very, always very proud of her, mm. of her uh, Welsh heritage. And since she's come back, um, you know, five or six years ago, we've been going to um, visit her family in Wales much more regularly. She's been catching up with them and reconnecting with them. Yeah. Um, and that's been really lovely to see because in turn it means that I've got to know more about and you've been able to reconnect of course which is lovely so a massive step then going 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 to move to to cyprus with dad and tell us tell us about about dad about dad wow well my dad daggis um greek cypriot 86 now uh and still you know uh Fit, fit as a fiddle yeah. and um, fit of mind as well. And, yeah, so he, um, he, uh, he's also, he is retired now. He was a sports teacher, PE teacher, taught English as well. He was a deputy headmaster. 
and um, he was born in uh, Cyprus in, like, in a tiny little village in the foothills of the Cypriot Mountains. Yeah. And he, uh, he was the eldest of five brothers. They were a poor family. We're talking a Cypriot village here. Yeah. Um, and he was the eldest, so I think he probably got uh, a lot of the family budget to go and study right. so he was the first one yeah. and he was always very bookish my dad he was into his books and reading and education um and, and where did that come from do you think do you know what it, it's weird I, I don't know i don't know how yeah. he because none of his other brothers he's a family mm-hmm. of five brothers have sort of gone that way because um, some might have looked at a different completely different way of life about how they saw their future yes and and someone say like your dad then if it w- was bookish is kind of like already yeah. planning future of a, i actually want to do more than just exactly what's expected yeah he loved he loved reading yeah um he loved reading um the old raymond chandler sort of um uh fil- film noir type books mm-hmm. you know those sort of things yeah um and he loved going to the cinema to watch um, um, English films at the cinema. Uh, and he always had an interest in books and, and reading and poetry and words. Um, even to this day, he's always uh, quoting philosophers or, yeah. or if he ever writes, he ever gives me a birthday card or a Christmas card, there'll always be a quote, you know, okay. some kind of yeah. um, one line word of wit or wisdom <laughs> that he's found that he loves his quotes. Did he encourage you... Uh, to read very much so yeah yeah i mean i mean the fact that they were both teachers my parents meant yeah. that you know naturally both myself and my, my sister who's older we were you know we always worked hard we were studied hard we we were encouraged to work hard he was quite um he was quite a strict victorian type dad my dad funny that i was going to ask i was going to ask you know, you about that, like my dad too yeah. he was he was sort of um uh both both at home and at school you know he had a um, reputation for, be a, for being a disciplinarian yeah. and he would be old school so yeah. if you forgot to do your homework he'd make you write up your homework 50 <laughs> times I mean the old fashioned lines yeah yeah you know. yeah yeah. Um, yeah I've done them and, <laughs> and yeah I mean, like, I mean even yeah I mean it, and, and at home he was, a, he was a man of very few words my dad he was uh, he's always been quiet um, that typical sort of Greek Cypriot alpha male I'm not going to mm, show anything, yeah. you know. But was he a hugger? You know. Because the thing is, my dad never was. My dad's 89 now, and I yeah. hug him more now and I have in the last 15, 20 years than I ever wow. did as a child. Pat, it's so, you know? it's so funny that you say that. That's exactly what's happened to me as well. He really? was never a hugger. Yeah. We were never a, you know, let's go and sit and have a nice man-to-man no, chat. No, I was neither. When no. I was a kid, emotional, in touch. He, yeah. He, we never spoke about girlfriends or, or or that sort of stuff yeah i did with my mum not with my dad yeah exactly dad was never never like that and yeah. we had occasional moments with my dad you know we used to um we go to a a, a, a football game every weekend to su- support our local cypriot football team uh and that would be the moment where we'd walk into the stadium and he'd yeah. have a little chat with me who were they by the way there's probably people they, listening now well they were Olympiagos yes. yes so that's Olympiagos of Nicosia because yeah. there's an Olympiagos who plays in Greece that's right but Olympiagos of, of Nicosia, Nicosia. Wow. yeah playing green and black big right. up to Olympiagos of yes. Nicosia Boom. we just got promoted as well into the first division in <laughs> awesome. Cyprus so it's, it's crazy times Pat wow um, but those were the moments where I'd have a, a little chat with my dad or or maybe if we were sort of uh, playing a game of backgammon uh, tavern as they call it in mm-hmm. Cyprus, we'd play our backgammon and we'd have a little bit of a chat there and he'd say, oh, how are things at school, Paris? <laughs> and uh, I'd say, they're, they're okay, Dad, okay. Yeah. Everything okay? 
yes, Dad, yes, everything's fine. And that would be the extent of yeah. our sort of connection. So he, wow. was, he was always like that. Yeah. Um, man of few words. And, you know, he never sort of shouted at home. Um, Maybe he didn't need to. He didn't really need to. Mm. Um, and uh, because I think you just... I'd never wanted to disappoint him, you know, mm. because I knew, I knew my, my mum would sort of have a go. She was much more sort of temperamental, <laughs> much more emotional. And my yeah, dad would just sort of I sit back and, and look at me. I don't know. Is that similar with your... Very similar. I don't know if, it, I don't yeah. know if it's that sort of heritage thing. I don't know if it's a cultural know, thing as well. I know it's thing. funny because I look at some of our... Uh, when, I, when I meet um, some of the parents of my friends from, uh, from Cyprus and I look and I think, wow... Why are our parents so similar in the types of things that they would say? Yeah. I would say, Dad, what's a couple of cents? And he'd say, son, there's books there. Information is there, right? <laughs> yeah. To see, and he'd go look at the Encyclopedia Britannica, whatever it was. Yes. And it was like, Dad, just tell me, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't realize at the time that he was trying to make me realize that if I need information, go and find it. And it was actually yeah. training yes. me and my temperament and my mind. Yeah. Uh, probably similar. Like empowering you. you, giving you responsibility Absolutely. and initiative to do it yourself. Absolutely. And, and to go out and, and, yeah. and explore. And, you know, at the time, I think as kids, we don't really uh, appreciate that. Hmm. Um, but like you say, the older I get... Um, the more emotionally close now I feel to, especially to my dad yeah. and both my parents as well. Yeah. And in terms of hugging, uh, yeah. there's more of that now. Yeah. I certainly do more hugging of him. Mm -hmm. And his, his, when he hugs me, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a manly big bear hug <laughs> and we're having a sort of a, you know, a moment there. Yeah. But there's certainly more, more lingering now. Mm. The hugs, you know, and there's a bit of a pat on the back. And... I guess it's the older you get, the, the more yeah. you appreciate those sort of things. It's yeah. like when I look at photographs now. Uh, I spend so much more time looking at photographs of my childhood days mm -hmm. and my parents as young people. Yeah. And I have more of an appreciation of them. Yeah. Um, I think growing up, sometimes you're in the moment, aren't you? You're growing up and you're doing stuff and whatever. And actually, um, many of us, we, I'm not saying that we don't appreciate, because actually in everything that we've, do, that, that we've done as we've grown, um, that foundation of kind of love, <clears throat> excuse me, in a family has been there. Yeah. So actually that helps us to achieve stuff. And sometimes friends of ours may not have been as lucky as we were exactly. to have loving, strong, yeah. committed parents. I mean, how lucky are we? You look at so yeah. many families now yeah. who come from broken families or, mm. you know, single parent families who are really, really struggling, but doing yeah. the best they can. And, yeah. and you know, we're, we're, that's why I say, you know, I'm, I feel lucky and I, I feel privileged, yeah. you know. So is, so is you, uh, mum and dad and, and your sister? Yeah, my sister, um, Rachel, seven years older. Okay. And uh, she was... Uh, and how was that growing up? Were you guys competitive? Was she bossy? Was, was it... Uh, how was the relationship? Do you know, I feel sorry for my sister because she was growing up one of the shyest people um, you could ever meet. Right. Um, she was quiet. She was reserved. Um... She was always by my mum's side and she was always very, very, very sort of, again, bookish. She loved reading. Her yeah. head was always in, in the, the books. She was extremely bright and intelligent. She was the smart, intelligent one. Right. She was the one who achieved academic, like, brilliance. Yeah. And I was just the really loud <laughs> kid shouting, you know, uh, play acting, performing, jumping around, being a bit of an idiot. I yeah. was out on the streets kicking a ball about. I was, I was super active, and poor her. She just, 
she was always assigned the task of having to entertain me or play with me or do something with me. And all she wanted to do was go and, you know, read her, you know, Jane Austen books or right. whatever. And I just wanted to kind of play and do stuff. Did you ever row? And, yeah, we did used to row. And did you ever do anything naughty or like... Because oh I remember the stuff that I used to do to my older brother's stuff. Have you got... Oh, what, what are you in the family? So I'm third. So I've got eldest, the next one down, then me, then a younger brother. So there was four boys. Wow. And I remember... Well, not literally the fisticuffs, the fights, but I remember my brother did something so bad to me and he made this. And Mickey... Sorry about this, Mick, but he wasn't <laughs> academically in school... You know, he just, he just wasn't the best. He wasn't yeah. interested. He was interested in fighting in girls. So his pride and joy was his plaster casting he made of his hand. <laughs> but basically, when we were, I know, that was his pride and joy. It was in his room. So he did it in art or something. I don't know, in craft. And he, he, he punched me and nicked me ciggies when I was, I don't know, 14 or something. So I ran home. I went up to his room and I got the plaster cast and I smashed it. Oh, oh my God. And that is the worst possible thing that you can And he still, he still remembers it now. But to, hit, to you, it was a just a plastic cut but to him yeah. no to me it was to yeah. me it was how can i hurt him the most because he's bigger than me and i can't fight him because he'll beat me <laughs> up well with yeah. my sister she was um we never did the fights thing as much but yeah. i used to she was watching something on telly i'd go and stand in front of the telly and not move you know um but the worst thing was because she loved her books i would go to the last page of a book and i would read the last lines of the book to her read, okay. read her the ending yeah and that just used to drive her absolutely nuts. You wow. Know? But, God, it was just, wow. It's a horrible, looking back on it, what a horrible things I we know. did. But we do things like that to our loved ones, especially yes. our brothers or sisters. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. When we're growing up. Um, we're going to have a really short break. Yep. Uh, we're not going to have news and travel. We don't need to. Everything's absolutely fine around the world. And you can wait till 10 for that. But we'll, do, we'll, we'll have a quick break. But before we do, so... Paris Troy, is that what's on your birth certificate? It was, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> I'm only going to ask, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, let's just say Troy is a name that's, uh, that's been uh, assigned to me. Okay. That was assigned to me um, many, many years ago. Okay. Um, when I was first getting into radio. Okay. So my, my, my surname is Christophides. Okay. Um, and... Uh, at the time when I was getting into radio and I was just, I was pretty much a, just a T-boy intern. Yeah. Um, and the guy who was the head of the station said, we can't have Paris Christophides is just a too long a name yeah. to have. It's just not catchy enough. It's, it's, it's too not, foreign. You it's know, too it's not, foreign. It's not well, Italian. Yes, exactly. You know, it's not Italian like Ferretti. Or exactly. Ferretti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. sounds weird. Yeah. So oh, it was wow. too long, too foreign, too, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit into the little musical yeah. jingles. Yeah. We've got to come up with something snappy. He's <laughs> thinking the musical jingles. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. And uh, he, 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 he came up with this. He was a guy called Robin Haig. Um, and I know Robin Haig. Robin Haig. I know Robin. Robin Ro Haig. Robin Haig. Robin Haig, yeah, who's a yeah, guy yeah. from New Zealand, yeah. petrified the life out of me. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening now, Robin, it's him. It was his fault. Uh, who he gave me this sort of name and and it's sort I of think he stuck. sacked me once from did he from a show I, he keeps talking about that <laughs> <laughs> best decision he ever made he said apparently yeah, <laughs> probably wow so and well people like Tristan B Tristan Belitho Cornish yeah. name and and it was kind of mm -mm, you can't have that it's Tristan B yeah and it was in the days of kind of hip hop and all that kind of stuff it's it's fine to exactly that. so Paris is Paris um, oh uh, Paris is yeah. yeah Paris is the real yeah. name yeah it's no people were asking I said I don't know yeah I yeah. don't know him that well yeah Paris is my real name because yeah. it, it's a fairly it's not a common name here no. in fact most people I've met who are called Paris are female right um, 
But in Cyprus, it's fairly common, and yeah. it's, it's pronounced Baris or Bari, Bari. which um, sounds a bit like Barry, which, you know, takes away from the exotic. <laughs> All right, Barry. <laughs> so so, so if, if you're um, how, how do you say good morning? Uh, Galimera. Galimera, Barry. Galimera, Barry, that's it. Galimera, Barry. Galimera, Barry. Um, uh-huh. And uh, or Galispera if it's good evening. Okay. So uh, that's good. That's thank you. you. Picked that, Pat. You've got that. Galimera. Thank you. See? Look at that. Linguistics. Linguistics, you're, Dad. I hope you're listening. You're even doing the lean back, hand in the air, <laughs> Greek. All you need is a cigarette dangling from your lips and Come like on. A, a gold medallion. I'm another ethnic dude. So don't worry about it. <laughs> it's nine thirty-eight. Everybody, we're talking to Paris Troy, uh, formerly. Uh, of heart breakfast that's where you know him from or you may well have been inspired from a fitness perspective by him i don't know we'll talk more in 30 seconds good morning this is the one love breakfast live from inner city bristol good morning Buenos dias. The One Love Breakfast is the people's choice. Breakfast. Welcome back. It is BCFM Radio 93.2. We're online via Pirate Nation and Radio WSM and all those thingies that I completely forget about how you can tune in via, is it? Smart speakers and, yeah, tune in radio and all that stuff as well. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, good morning and welcome. Uh, really honoured uh, and really pleased to have... And anyone that knows me well, Pat doesn't always <laughs> say that. Sometimes I just have guests that are thrown on me. Uh, this is a guest that I asked for, uh, uh, that I really wanted to talk to. is Paris Troy, uh, broadcaster uh, right across the southwest. Um, we've spoken... Welcome back, by the way, after a right, little, little break. Thanks, Pat. So we've spoken from literally from birth um, and uh, about your Greek Cypriot and, and Welsh uh, heritage mm. and, and, and living in Cyprus up till 20 and also spoken a little bit about what life was like. You went to an international school that would have given you, I guess, a different perspective on, 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 on the world yes. uh, as well as education yeah. for you. Absolutely. Um, at what stage? You, you said earlier... And I didn't know whether to take it with a pinch of salt or not. Whether you said, well, I didn't know if I was just going to go back, always go back to Cyprus and then sell olives, you know, and have a little beach cafe and whatever. And I think, <laughs> I think it was with a bit of pinch of salt, really, that you, that you said that. At what stage, not radio first, but did you have ambition to want to maybe do something more mm. uh, than maybe what you, you might have seen some of those living in your area? Uh, yeah, where was when yeah. did the ambition come? Well, I think uh, you know I was always encouraged by my by my parents, um, and like I said, they were teachers, and so I went to an international school. I had a more kind of um, you know global view of the world. Yeah. Was there a subject matter that you were passionate about? Subject you were passionate? Um, about? I loved I loved literature, um, and I loved sports. Yep. So those were the two kind of things that I really really mm. loved kind of reading about uh talking about and i don't mean sports as in i like to watch a game and see what the result was yeah i i liked kind participate. of participate participate in sport were you any good um i was pretty sporty i was lucky to be re- to be really sporty um you know both parents were sporty my sister was very sporty it was a very 
um, it was a school famous for its sports connections. It yeah. had um, really good sports facilities. It was it, it was encouraged. Yeah. Uh, and I was very lucky in that respect. Um, but I think my, my dad, in addition to being a teacher, a sports teacher, was also a sports writer and a sports journalist. And he wrote about um, sports and he wrote about them, not about who'd won or what the results were and who was top of the table. But he wrote he wrote sort of in-depth journalistic articles sure. um, with personalities in sports or about personalities in sports yeah. uh, and about issues uh, to do with sport. And in many ways, you know, back in sort of the 50s, 60s, 70s, he was, he was kind of a. I'm, and I'm not just saying this is my dad. I think he was ahead of his time for right. Cypriot journalism. Yeah. He was tackling some really a corruption in sport as well. He was talking about. So from that, I got sort of an appreciation of sports that wasn't just about who's won and who's lost. Right. Um, and so I love that aspect of, of sports. Yes. I love literature and reading yeah. uh, as well, um, which I probably got sort of from, from my uh, sister and my mum. Yeah. Uh, and... So it made perfect sense when I went to university and decided to study law. <laughs> which, right, okay. Which had nothing to do yeah. with either... So what know, was that then? So what was the law? Because I know... I, look, I know in our families, right? So in a lot of, like, uh, BAME families, however we want to describe ourselves, yeah. it's like, you need to be a lawyer. What? It's exactly or, us! You know, and, 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 but, and, and that was what is so similar. So my wife um is you know her parents were from dominica right yeah uh and the things that that and and, and my heritage is, is is largely largely south asian portuguese but the things our parents said to us even right down make sure you've got clean underwear in case you have an accident and yeah. the evidence comes and whatever the mum still says that yeah the yeah. things that our parents told us when we were younger yeah. uh, were virtually the same and you need to be a lawyer or if you're from a catholic family where well, you one of you had to be a priest yeah so they try um so it was the same kind of message oh, being given to us isn't it pa- yeah. it was exactly the same so in cyprus when you were growing up you were either going to be and you were going to be a lawyer yeah an accountant or yeah. a doctor yeah one of these three things um Invariably, because your dad was a lawyer or an accountant yeah. or a doctor, so you would go off, you'd study yeah. in England, you'd do your masters, you'd yeah. come back, and then you'd go into your your dad's family business. Yeah, and that was sort of the the standard blueprint for for Cypriot people coming abroad and studying and going back. Yeah. So I I kind of followed that. I did that, mm. and um, you know, my dad sort of and rightly so I think he was just looking out for me I didn't really know what I wanted to do at 18 who does at 18 really know what you want to do Um, and you know it was considered that law would be a good career and it would be well paid and it would be a stable job and uh, so you came to uni here in Bristol came to Bristol uni did my law degree and then sort of just discovered that halfway through um, and even saying this I know I'm still a little bit disappointing especially my dad but sort of discovered halfway through that I, I just knew I wasn't, didn't want to be a lawyer. Right. I wasn't built that way. My mind didn't work that way. I wanted sure. to do something more creative and, you know, interesting and, and fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I thought law was going to be, it wasn't. Right. Um, you know, I think I'd seen too many films with... <laughs> You know, Petrocelli and yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that. Yeah. Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah. And I thought, wow, it's going to be like that. Yeah, but it wasn't. Hmm. Um, and uh, 
So I, I sort of, uh, I, and I just gradually lost interest. And uh, I finished my degree. I got right. my degree and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to ask if you completed. So you did complete the degree. Yeah. yeah. So technically I can, I can, and I think my dad still for a long time hoped uh, that you might. Hoped that I would uh, go back to Cyprus become a shipping lawyer <laughs> and get a real job get a real job yeah uh instead of standing around talking on the radio yeah. uh, which uh, was just un- unheard of so uh, how did you fall into this so, so you completed your degree yeah um but knowing in your heart listen this isn't me yeah it's not what i wa- wa- wanted to do so what was the next y- you know it next was avenue uh, for you i was in i was doing my finals i was in my third year it was a couple of months before my finals i was going through a really low time for various reasons and uh Uh, I dabbled in a bit of student journalism, um, you know, bits and pieces like that. And uh, I think I was looking for any way out out of law, really. And someone said, oh, they're looking for they're looking for someone to to help out with Bristol Student Radio. Right. Which it didn't exist back then, really. Bristol University Student Radio. And they're looking for people to set something up. So why don't you go along? You you know, you'd be good at it. So I, I kind of went along. And uh, I went into this, the students' union and I went into the room and, and I said to the guy, uh, I'm here to volunteer as part of the team. He said, we've had that advert up for three weeks. You're the first person who's come forward. I mean, he literally said that. His name Gosh. was John Phillips. And he said, you're the first person. So if you want it, you can do it. And I, and I was like, OK. Oh, wow. And it, it just happened there. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where the radio thing started. So, so it started there. So if you were a fly on the wall then, uh, at that moment, uh, and someone to say, just write a little paragraph, or even if things like Tinder or whatever it is was, was around then, and someone had to write a little paragraph, what kind of guy were you oh. at, at that age? So, so you'd walk into the room, and someone was describing it. How would you describe yourself now, looking back? I, I unsure of myself. Right. A little bit lost. Yeah. Um, outwardly really, really confident and bolshy yeah um and chatty but inwardly really really insecure right um and do you reckon all of us radio presenters are like that do you know what inwardly do you reckon that's a thing i i i think we are Mm. i think we are i think it's all a lot of it is show yeah and and that's natural because you're with people you know and a lot of people are natural storytellers and tell stories and inside it's like comedians, isn't it? What they say about yeah, comedians yeah, are the saddest yeah. people in the world. Yeah. Um, do, do, were you kind of in, in your group? Were you kind of, um, did you knock around with loads of people? Were you were a bit of a loner? Were you, what, what, no, how were you? Yeah, I, I, had, I, had, I had lots of friends. Yeah. I had lots of friends, good friends. Um, and uh, I never had a problem. I never had a problem sort of talking to people. I was just comfortable yeah. talking to people. I was never shy. Um, I was always confident, um, confident meeting new people as well. Yeah. Uh, I never really seemed to have a problem with that. Mm. Um, and I guess maybe that's one of the, the things that made me think I enjoy doing that. I enjoy meeting people. Yeah. I enjoy talking to people. Yeah. I enjoy hearing their stories. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to find out about all sorts of different people you yeah. know, from yeah, all yeah. walks of life. Yeah. And I like chatting to them and I like, you know, telling silly stories. And and maybe that is, in essence, part of what radio is all about. Yeah. You know, like us two talking now, yeah, just yeah. chatting, learning mm. about each other. Um, 
maybe I was looking for a way of taking that thing that I really love doing, meeting into, people, talking to people. Yeah. But how could I take that and turn it into a career? Yeah. What? And well, you did. How, and, and I did. Yeah. And although I, there was never a plan to do that, no. it was just, oh, student radio, I'm going to give it a go. Um, I don't really know. I haven't got a job lined up. Yeah. All my other friends are going off to be lawyers yeah. or travel the world. Um, and how, how were mum and dad at, at, at this time? What, how, how did you feel in terms of what their expectation was and what, what you were doing Devastated. At, at this time in your life? Devast- I mean, you know, I mean, I think my dad especially. I mean, they were living in Cyprus. Yeah. I was in England. Sure. You know, they, they just put their boy through university. Yeah. Party. Oh, you know, yeah. overseas tuition fees, a yeah, lot of, of money. Yeah. Um, and I think because I didn't really have a plan, if I'd had a plan, I think they would have been a bit more confident. Mm. But because I was saying, I don't want to do law, mum and dad. Well, what yeah. are you going to do? What are your plans? Well, I don't know. I'm sort of helping to set up a student radio station. Okay. Well, what job is that? Well, it isn't really a job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting paid, right. and, and and that was it. And so they they were they were concerned, having you know, I'd gone to a good school and I'd got good grades and I'd yeah. you know gone to a good university and I'd done all ticked all those boxes. I think they were a little bit worried. I mean, they were always very very supportive, yeah, one hundred percent, and un- understandably and, worried as well. Actually, yeah. probably Pro- yeah. probably less disappointed. Maybe they they might dad might have wanted you to think that, but probably. You know, deep down, just just concerned to make sure that yes. that, that that you were going to have a future. I yes, guess. I mean, I, I mean, I they they've always been fantastic, always been extremely supportive, even in those times. Mm. I think they were just a bit concerned and, and looking out for me. And, and you're right, Pat. I w- mm. I would have been as well if it, if sure. it were but yeah. for my kids. But I did feel a huge sense of guilt. I right. felt really guilty for a long time. Because um, I wasn't really doing, in inverted commas, a proper job. I wasn't right. earning any money. I was a little bit directionless. Yeah. I was dabbling in some hospital radio. I did some yeah. community radio. I did sure. some pirate radio here and there. Yeah, bits yeah. and pieces. So when know. did it when did it turn from that, that passion and interest and, and not getting paid to an opportunity for you? Well, I kept sending off just and tons and tons of applications and you know cvs to yeah. all sorts of radio stations um and i kept doing it and kept doing it and this is what i'd say so many people say to me how do you get into radio how do you get in what do you do yeah. just keep badgering keep pestering you know um yeah. and if uh, i got loads of rejections um and i've kept a lot of those rejections yeah. just and rejections were me. standard weren't they oh god it was almost like it didn't matter if you were the next bit it was almost like a standard no yeah it was a standard no almost yeah. like a rites of passage it was almost yeah. like a boasting thing oh i've got 25 rejections how yeah. many have you got oh, absolutely yeah. Oh. yeah 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 you know and and um, I just kept pestering, though, and, and really, it's, it's just luck in the end. I had a friend who was working for what was GWR back then, yeah. before Heart, yeah. on the watershed in Bristol. I remember it was Radio West. Radio, Radio West. Yeah. Um, and my, my friend was interning and, and sort of recommended me and said, oh, I've, I've got a mate, Paris, who wants to just come along and make teas. Yeah. So I went along and literally made teas for about five or six months yeah um i was still doing a student radio and a hospital radio yeah but the first glimpse of a proper commercial sort of professional yeah. radio station if you know what i mean yeah um was uh just making the teas and i did that for about five or six months and from t-boy i sort of progressed to 
uh, photocopying, big promotion there. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, you could up. have added a couple of your own bits yeah, in there as yeah, well. Exactly. Nobody saw, yeah. Exactly. Um, and then I did a bit in news. I did a, yeah. I sort of, I went out and did some bits and pieces for news and reported yeah. for news. And then I started doing traffic news, flying yeah. around in um, the spotter plane. We had a plane yeah. that flew around. Yeah. Um, doing traffic news i did that for a couple of years again simultaneously doing lots of bits and bobs so who was doing breakfast and and stuff like that um at the time so breakfast at the time was a uh james can do you remember james cannon uh james cannon and the crew were doing that yeah then he was leaving as i sort of started as a t-boy yeah and then it was howard taylor yeah joe the fridge mcgrath right um and there was a woman called elise rayner who did it yeah there was vicky breakwell wow um and so they did it for ages. Yeah. They, they were doing breakfast. Um, so that's where it started. And, I, and then you sort of start. I did traffic news and I did. Then I got an overnight show doing a show in Worcester. Classic yeah. Gold Wyvern. Um, sort of two till six in the morning. Um, and it just snowballs from there Gosh. then. You know, and I did, I did sort of drive time, weekends. And once you get, it's a cliche, once you get your foot in the door... You know, mm. you're there. Yeah. Um, and you've got to work hard. Nothing comes to you. Uh, and you've got to put in the hours. And I think it's always really important to, to be really sort of never get above your station. Just always really be humble. Never think you've made it or you're it. Yeah. You know, and just remember what your sort of your your, your roots are, really. Mm. You know, uh, my roots were in student radio and hospital radio. Yeah. Where everything was just chaotic. So you were at B- BHBS do, doing that here? In uh, I was at Radio Lollipop. Radio Lollipop. I did Radio Lollipop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. two and a half years, three years I was with Radio Lollipop. Yeah. Um, and as part of working for Radio Lollipop, you also volunteered on the wards. So you'd go on the wards. And, and just go and talk time. to patients and t- yeah. get requests and be supportive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the younger ones, wasn't it? The younger kids, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I love doing that. What a perspective yeah. on life that gave you. Well, you're a, you're a people's person and I think it comes out from, and look, I know Paulina quite well. In actual fact, we've got a thing. Every year that my daughter's been born, every time I see Paulina, we have the annual picture. Yeah. So it's Paulina and India. Nice. So Paulina, we missed out last year, so we've got <laughs> a couple to go. But kind of Paulina's images, and, and she's very different, but Paulina's images is that of kind of like, you know, I'm like radio royalty, like everyone knows it's, it's Paulina and she's that. And, and you're kind of like this down-to-earth guy. Um, well, talented that people will see it but but nevertheless your images you may not agree with it but that's what your image seems to be this this down-to-earth guy that loves radio and so when you're on air your on-air persona is like that as well even on your social media you like talking to people you yeah. want to find out out their weird ideas and their thoughts and you want yes, to help I do yeah and, and that's that's how you're perceived i think well i mean that's it's lovely of you to say that it really is but that that wouldn't is, say it if I didn't mean it. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> it, that is who uh, that's who I am as a person. I mean, yeah. I, I, from the very beginning when I started in radio, and at the time when I got into radio, people on breakfast shows were sort of characters. You either had to be the, the straight guy who was a bit straight, yeah. or you had to be the crazy lad guy who went out yeah. and got drunk, or if you were the female, you had to be the ladette who was a bit ditzy. Yeah. And oh, I ev- don't understand that. I yeah, don't yeah, understand yeah. that. Oh, yeah. lipstick, handbags. Yeah. It, you had to fall into those really stereotyped silly cliched characters yeah and when i got into it i just thought no i just want to be i want to work with people who are just themselves on the radio yeah. you know because that was always my ambition who I, who i am in person is who i am on the radio right and 
and that's what I've always tried tried to do in, in everything that I do. Do you, you think know? do you think that is part of the secret of kind of like yeah, so we've said about Paulina, but kind of that's how she was on the radio too sometimes and you guys would wind her up. So I mean oh. chronic all, all the time, actually. And she over the years she would massively get her own back uh, oh. Uh, oh. With, with you guys and quite <laughs> quite rightly. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean totally. I mean the dynamic uh, was and and still is brilliant. I mean who, who knows, we might we might one day still um, yeah. work together. We've only just recently finished, so we're yeah. all, all sort of just taking a step back. Sure, but I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, she she she's mad, mad as a hatter, mm. and and uh, loud and crazy and, and and fabulous and and yeah. But you know, inside has a heart of gold, and and but she can take a joke really well, yeah. Um, and she can also give back as well. So we had this wonderful sort of dynamic of she was always sort of our our, our slightly older. I'm going to say slightly older because this is a really sensitive topic stop it she was always our slightly older mum sort of um sorting out the boys on on the show um did you ever wind her up if you're ever in a shop and go mum because when you do that to people you know the number of times you know because people would come in to visit the the show and uh i'd uh, they say, so how old is Pauline? So I'd always add 15 years. And it would absolutely it would drive, drive, drive her nuts. I bet it would. You know, um, and if, if, any, if she was ever off and they said, oh, where's Pauline? Is she on holiday? I'd say, yeah, she's on another saga holiday, I'd say. Oh, you know, no. just, just Just stuff like that. But, you know, she, she, she can take it. And, yeah. you know, and, and again, she's very real. You know, she, she puts herself out there on, on the radio. We, we yeah. all do. We all did. Um, and no, no, no sort of uh, all insecurities, um, all uh, foibles, all weird bits and pieces about our characters and personalities. Yeah. We put out there on the radio. We sure. didn't try to say that we were perfect people. You know, no. if we were feeling terrible and knackered and had a bad night's sleep or in a bad mood or going through a low time in our life, yeah. we put that on the radio sure. and we talk about it. And, and much the same as... You know, I've been listening to you guys this morning and just this conversation. It, it's just a very real, honest yeah. chat. And it's and at the end of the day, radio should just be that. I think so. And it th- I think it's about choice. So when we launched, you know, p- um, um, uh, stations like yourselves, you know, Heart, whether it was a BBC, Breeze, wh- whoever it was, our idea was say, look, we need to be different. There's no point. What is the point in trying to launch something and say, let's be the new, you know, Ed Troy and Paulina or, or, or whatever, or let's yeah. be the new uh, Downsy or uh, whoever it was. Um, we just needed to be us. So we saw a gap, actually, with Bristol's ever-changing um, demographic and saying, do you know what? We need something that kind of incorporates everybody, that does the serious issues, but can also take the mickey, yes. laugh and have fun. So it was all, in a way, it was a compliment to you guys because it was almost like trying to take some of those best elements yeah. of what you have and guess what? Do it as volunteers, <laughs> as a team. But you know what? What, yeah. what, what you guys have done, done brilliantly... Um, is you've evolved as Bristol's evolved. Mm. You've embraced Bristol's changes because Bristol's different yeah. from what it was five, sure. 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, massively. Yeah. And you've evolved and embraced those changes and reflect them. And some other radio stations, and I'm, you know, I'm going to say, you know, and Heart as well, it, because of we were working in commercial radio sure. and therefore had certain commercial restrictions and parameters yeah. within which we had to work. Yeah. Um, we didn't always have the, the freedom to, to kind of reflect that. 
And you do, I mean, just listening this morning, you had Miss Lawrence, who's, who's yeah. a sort of, a, I don't know if she's a teacher, she felt, yeah. she felt like a headmistress. Yeah. yeah, she does. You know, and you had two kids from a, from a, from a school yeah. as well, um, all with different viewpoints, yeah. different ages, um, all with their different reflections on life. Mm. And that is, um, that's a lovely way to do things because a lot of radio stations don't have the freedom to do that. No. And in many ways... When I come back to a radio station like this, it takes me back to my roots where student radio, hospital radio, community radio, you didn't have those restrictions. You Mm. could be yourself more. You could just talk um, with no no fear, um, still being professional. Mm. Um, And this is quite rare. So normally, you know, Monday at this time, we're still playing tunes, having a bit of fun, you know, a bit of backing music and music beds, uh, ads and news and stuff. But but every so often what we've realised, and this will be... Uh, we'll uh, load it up on iTunes as a podcast as well. People yeah. will be able to uh, hear this as uh, again because, as you've realised, more and more. When I go to the gym now, right? You don't notice, but I do. Yeah, <laughs> I listen to podcasts. I'm listening to Tim Lovejoy at the moment. Yeah. Um, yep. And I'm not even listening to music. No. I want to hear about other people. I'm fascinated about yeah. other people's and life stories. stories. What people have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary that we've sat here for. For almost an hour. Yeah, we got uh, three, yeah, with, two, with no, two and a bit minutes. With no music. Yeah. And that's something I could, you know, I haven't done for like 20. In fact, I don't think I've ever done that. Wow. And I find it genuinely refreshing and brilliant that, that, mm. that, that you can do that. Um, and yeah, podcasts, like I say, it's, you can just explore so much more now. And sure. it's going to niche subjects. But mm. that's what radio should be all about. Mm. Just friends having a chat and connecting with, with people yeah. who are listening right now. Troy. I, I need to say Paris. I said, "Call you Tracy." It's, it's always Tracy. Okay. Do, do people do that all the time. All the time. Yeah, all it's the like time. someone going to me, "Heart." <laughs> yeah, but Paris, I'm sure you realise uh, whatever radio stations people listen to, what a massive, massive, massive influence you guys have had, uh, not just on Bristol but but the Southwest in terms of your in terms of your show. Um, and at the end of May, it stopped because radio is. As we were saying on the phone uh, the other day, yeah. radio is it's a hard and harsh business. And, yeah. you know, maybe that will happen again with you guys. But actually, that there's been an amazing legacy. And for me, and honestly, there are some people, people say, Pat, do you want to have so-and-so on as a guest? I go, no, thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, I, I wouldn't want on as a guest. But you, you guys seem to have a... I've had a really positive effect, a, a, a sense of fun, uh, but also realness uh, uh, for your audience, which, yeah. which I thank you for. Well, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, it's lovely of you to say that. The response from people after we finished was just amazing. I've seen, yeah. More than what I thought it was going to be. I think when yeah. you broadcast for so many years, we did that show for almost 17 years. Yeah. You're kind of a little bit in a bubble. You, you, don't, you just do the show. You do it yeah. to the best of your abilities. You're having a chat with friends at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, friends being the listeners. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I always wanted to do something in life that had some kind of positive impact mm. on people. I know that sounds a bit, you know, yeah. no, you, you have me. You try and have a, and, and just try and do the best that you can. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it's a privilege to, to do radio and that listeners allow us into their lives a little bit, sure. into their cars and their households. And well, I'm going to try and bribe you with some coffee and a bit of breakfast, see if okay. I can get, get you on here. All right. Because um, we've literally run out of time. Paris, thank you so much no. for coming in this morning. Pat, it's been a pleasure and a real honour, and I thank mm. you. It's been really enjoyable. Keep listening to BCFM. We'll tell you what this young man will be up to soon. Take care, Paris Troy. 
This is Bristol's BCFM on 93.2, online and on your mobile. BCFM is an award-winning community radio station for Bristol, bringing you national news on the hour. Live from the Sky News Centre.